You are now listening to Hello Hello Copacamelo Podcast Episode 54 Genie Boy If you stay tuned to this podcast You're gonna get a lot of lesson eh? Life lesson, you know Life lesson eh? Brother ni memang humble gila babi Power Lepas tu kat YouTube channel dia dah 54 juta views Lepas tu dia welcome aku datang dia punya studio podcast dia Apa? Terbaik siap set up dia weh Sumpah tu dah lah guna mic sama macam aku Lepas tu aku buat tekan dia kopi Lepas tu dia minum dia cakap sedap weh Apa? Memang humble lah mak ni Lah percaya lepas tu ada studio sendiri Brother-brother kerja untuk dia semua Apa, power-power mantap-mantap Sial Look up to you Saja, test-test 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 Okay lah, apa tunggu lagi Enjoy the podcast with Genie Boy Ya bro With your boy Ya, my Lufiko Enjoy episode 54 of Hello Hello Kopi Kamilo Podcast with Genie Boy Okay, Hello Hello Kopi Kamilo Podcast Today we have Genie Boy Hello Super <laughs> successful, amazing, legendary, famous I, KL content creator. Wow, legendary. Yeah, I, I am that old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, six, I mean, like, nice of you to kind of introduce me that way. Um, I don't know. I don't know about the whole super successful thing, though. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm comfortable. I'm not to say doing bad, but uh, that's what a lot of people perceive me to be. They said, like, he's successful, he's raking in the cash, and, and you know, he has easy because he's got millions of views, right? That's not the case, always. <laughs> Damn, thanks for welcoming me to this beautiful... Oh, yeah, yeah. Shit. This is a... Okay, so where, we're at, where we are at right now um, is, is actually our studio. Um, I built it because uh, I think... Uh, so, um, just, just a bit of background what I do. A lot of people know me as, you know, a, a content creator on YouTube, stuff like that. But I run a business... Um, for content creators and I sign up content creators on my network um, and this is sort of like a studio that I built for them to use to shoot their stuff so yeah I, you, you can say yeah it's like sort of like a, you know like a like a cha- like a station or a, a, a TV network or something oh, like that so that one was Genie Boy Studio this is the Genie Boy recording Podcast yeah, studio. yeah. It's a it's a podcast studio. It's a I mean everything is modular over here. You can switch everything around. So it could be a podcast show. It could be a talk show. It could be a like you know unboxing show. Mm-hmm. So uh, it could be a makeup show for some of the talents who do makeup. So you know anything goes over here. It's just like uh, something that I've always dreamed of doing. Um, I think uh, it's uh, it's it's just, it's something that I've always wanted to do like in the beginning when I was uh, when I was whole dabbling dabbling in this whole uh, YouTube. Uh, thing I was always wanting to build a community of people who create uh, content and you know and after that I turn into a business and everybody has fun and we collaborate and stuff like that right fun fact though we're using the same mic Jim. yes we are this this is a, a good mic right this is a good mic this is a great mic I mean it's uh, it's great and it's affordable lah. <laughs> <laughs> okay for those listeners who don't already know who you are man how would you describe yourself and how young are you man um okay I am Jin. Uh, people know me as uh, Jinny Boy because that's my nickname. Um, I am a content creator. I would describe myself as uh, someone who loves to dabble around with videos. Mm-hmm. 
and um, and for some reason, with a stroke of luck or some, uh, I would say, strategic planning, I would like to think that's the fancy way of doing it. Lah. But for, for, for the record, I don't know what the heck I'm doing or most of the time I didn't know what I was doing. We managed to start a business around this whole YouTube thing. And uh, I, I, for, for me today, it's like, uh, if I would describe myself in one, two words, content creator, that's about it. Damn, how did it all begin, bro? Like, were you as creative um, growing up? You had all this idea, like, I want to be a video filmmaker when I grow up. Mm. You watch a lot of movies. How did it all start? Um, no, I, I actually did not want to be a content creator. I wanted to be a pilot. What? <laughs> yeah, really, like, off-tangent, right? Yeah. So I wanted to be a pilot. I guess you want to fly. Yeah. Because the world. You know, you fly for free. You got mm. hot chicks on, on board. Exactly. Serves right. you coffee, whatever you want, right? <laughs> <laughs> on demand. I was like, hey, what's there not to like? Um, oh, crap. What did I do? <laughs> oh, that was <laughs> press, good. Yeah, press, press the wrong button. Ah. Um, so I think um, when, when, I think, you know, growing up, the Asian mentality, the Asian parents and stuff like that, they want you to be successful. They want you to do accounting, you know. Um, my mom had high hopes of me doing in the field of science. You know, I had to be a pilot because, you know, pilots earn a lot, right? Uh, if not that, um, you know, I, I tried to apply, but nobody got back to me. So she's like, oh, why don't you do aeronautical engineering? So everything was with regards to, you know, aeroplanes, aeroplanes, aeroplanes. Um, and for me, I think I, I came to a point where I was a little bit lost. Uh, and because, you know, everybody was, you know, already advancing in their student career. But there I was a little bit like, oh, what do I do? You know, I can't, get, I can't be a pilot. You know, oh, my, my goal is to be a pilot, but I can't be a pilot. So, um, you know, I, I'm just in university right now because, you know, I'm just doing the whole like, oh, okay, this is the correct way of doing it. Let's just go to college first and then, um, and then uh, see what happens after. Uh, but I think along the way, I was, uh, I was actually introduced to this guy. His name is Kelvin. He's, he owns an a event company. And I needed uh, part-time cash, lah, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, uh, I was pretty broke. I was very broke when I was young because um, I would say like in a month, I only got like 300 ringgit for yeah, the whole entire month. We've all been there, bro. Yeah. Hustling, right? Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing is, um, I didn't know the value of money until I came out to college, mm -hmm. right? Because like when I was in high school, my mom just gave me 50 ringgit for the whole entire month and it lasted me the whole entire month. And when I saved seven bucks, right, I was like, man, I'm king. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll bring that seven bucks and then after school, I go to the, the ice cream, uh, the guy selling ice cream in the motorbike there. I was like, hey, give me two ice cream buns. Huh? I can blunder someone and it's like about $1.50 each, right? You got change some more. Yeah. So when I came out to um, college, there was a lot of peer pressure. You know, I met a lot of friends who had very nice cars. Uh, I mean, I was not the BMWs and the Lambos and what lah. Huh? Um, the Satrias that were, <laughs> were modified, the yeah. Wajas that were modified, had loud exhaust and stuff like that. And uh, I was like, hey, I want that too. Uh, and then I realized that Damn it, a car is the bloody expensive. <laughs> what the hell? Where, where do you study, by the way? I studied in Taylor's. Taylor's. Uh, I studied in Taylor's. Was it SS15 back then? Or? Yes, SS15. Yeah, yes, okay. it was there a long time. Mm. So I think when I met this guy who owns an event company, I went there and I said that, look, I'll just do whatever you want and I'll, I'll just want extra cash. And every time there was an event, right, he'll pay me 100 ringgit. And I'm like, damn, that's a lot, you know. I do like, then I was like calculating in my head. If I did, every day, if there's an event, right? Every day, I just do one event the whole entire day. I get 100 bucks. I get 700 bucks a whole week. And that's two times my, my pocket money. You know what I mean? In a month. So when I dabbled into the whole event space, I, I, had, I, I was working around a lot of concerts, actually. Hong Kong concerts uh, for some oh. reason. I don't understand Chinese, but I'm, for some reason, I was at the back end for a lot of 
Chinese events, Hong Kong events and stuff like that. Um, and um, when I when I was on stage, you know, helping clean the wires and fix up the lightings and stuff like that, I realized that, man, this stage is cool. And then um, during the concert, obviously our job's done, right? Everything's all fixed. Um, I will be in the front stage, obviously, you know, with the walkie-talkie. If anything happens, I'll just, you know, do whatever I'm told. But I saw this guy holding a camera, taking pictures of the one particular artist on stage. And I was looking at his screen. I was like, damn, that's a, that's a great picture. I mean, like, how do you take a picture like that? And he's like, he's, and he's like oh, okay. Uh, this camera takes really good pictures. And so some big ass camera is huge, really. I, I didn't know what it was. I mean, it's a DSLR, right, right? And I'm like, oh, how much is this camera? And he's like, oh, um, pretty, he said that pretty expensive. Huh? And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I went there to find out, only to find out, you know, it's, freaking expensive it's like you know for just the body alone it's gonna cost you about 15 grand Shit. the lens alone is about 7 grand and I was like okay I wanna do that <laughs> oh. yeah I wanna take pictures okay so you started off with photography so yeah you bought a camera no I didn't buy a camera uh, I couldn't afford a camera actually I was still studying la, so yeah. um, I knew that's what I wanted to do so but I think it's my brother had a point and shoot camera, a Sony Cybershot. It's called a Cybershot, okay, back then. Um, it's, a, it's a point and shoot camera. So what I did was I took pictures, but then I realized like, hey, how come this picture is not like that, whatever the guy took, right? And then, you know, then you'd be like, a camera's a camera, what? You see, that was how naive I was. Mm. And of course, uh, back then when you discover the internet, whoa, it's, it's an amazing place for knowledge. Uh, yeah. so that's where I found, found out a lot of things about cameras, uh, color correction, uh, contrast, saturation. So what I did was, you know, uh, just using a point and shoot camera, I started taking pictures, but um, it looks it looks like crap, but you know, I started using software to kind of manipulate the image to make it look more pleasing and not as great as what you'll see on that DSLR camera. Um, so that's, that's about it really. I mean, um, that's how I started to like cameras actually. That's okay. how I started to like tech. When I read more, I realized that, man, uh, this, this camera is amazing. Can you imagine that it can make the subject sharp and the background blur? Mm. You know, that yeah. was my fascination with the camera. Ask me about aperture and f-stop. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I have like, no idea what that is. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, oh, you know, the, this, that, this, that, the background blur. And I can do that, you know. And it wasn't until when I started working, I bought my first DSLR, actually. So it's like when I was in college, I was like 18. And uh, so you the, graduated probably by 21? Yeah, I graduated by 22. Okay. I bought my first camera when actually, I, I, well, I took out my savings, which my mom was like, what the hell? Why did you bring out your savings? You know, before mm. buying a car, I bought a camera, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Commitment, bro. Yeah, so I bought a camera when I was about, I would say 24, 23, 24. I bought mm. a secondhand camera. I remember I bought, a, I bought a Sony Alpha 100. That was the first Sony Alpha camera. Damn. I got it uh, from this guy guy who was selling it secondhand he used to work for Minota so the, the okay, okay here's a story I don't think everybody knows but uh, Sony bought over Minota lenses so Minota is an old school lens mm. so when Sony bought over Minota lenses they bought over the technology and everything like that so uh, if you had a Minota lens you could actually put it on a Sony body at the moment right now at the, uh, oh. at the mo right now also you can no oh. problem so um, what happened was uh, I'm gonna sneeze hold on <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I'm not gonna cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, so uh, what happened was um, I bought a camera and I couldn't afford the Sony lenses because they were expensive. Mm. So I bought Minota lenses and I just started shooting. You know, I started learning from people. Uh, I started. I just started working in Astro. 
and um, in Astro there was the uh, the web design. Uh, I met this guy. His name is I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sure you know him. His name he he goes by the nickname Smash Pop. Mm. Yeah, have you heard of him? No, I haven't. So Smash Pop is like a very famous blogger la, oh. back then. Uh, I think he still is now. Um, he was using the Sony Alpha, and right. the reason why I bought the Sony Alpha is because of him. You see? Okay. So I asked him, you know, wow, how do you take such nice pictures and stuff like that? So he taught me a little bit. Um, then after that, you know, for the rest of it, I kind of learned anything on my own. Mm. Because it's YouTube. YouTube is amazing. It's a, it's a great place where you learn everything you want. I just, whatever, I couldn't understand why my picture was dark. I just, I just basically typed it in the search bar. Why is my picture dark DSLR? And then, you know, it, it comes, all these things comes up. And when I started doing that, when I started reading a lot more stuff, and then I, I tend to dabble a bit more into like specifics of the camera. Like, then I realized that, oh, Sony camera is like... A bit, uh, Sony Alpha 100 is like the entry level. Okay. I had a friend come to me and he showed me uh, a, a catalog of Nikon. And Nikon had the uh, D300S, which was able to shoot video. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and I saw, when I saw that, I was like, shit, you can shoot subject clear, but background blur, like the movies, right? Mm -hmm. So I sold off all of my Sony camera. I sold off all of my lenses and I bought a Nikon. For me, it was when that happened, I realized that, hey, if I can shoot something like this and it looks like film, I, can I shoot a short film, right? So for me, it was, yeah, I was trying to trying to work around, trying to get uh, the whole project started. But it's really expensive at that point in time. Um, I did not have microphone equipment. I did not have anything, to be honest. I mean, like the D300S wasn't to say really expensive. So when was this, by the way? Was it 2009, 2010? This was in, yeah, 2000, okay, 2009, around 2009, 2000, I would say 2008, 2009. So you, you graduated out of, uh, which, what course again? Curtin University. I uh, took marketing and PR. I think I graduated, I think, I think I graduated in 2007. <laughs> okay. So yeah. how do you get into Astro? Your first job was in Astro? Yeah, my first job was in Astro. Uh, there was an opening. Uh, I had someone uh, who told me, hey, look, uh, Astro's got an opening. Okay. Um, radio's looking for someone, a promotions exec. Uh, I know instead of bumming around and not doing anything, would you want to Would you wanna join this company? I'm like, okay, no problem. My mom was like already furious, like, go and get a job, bloody hell, you know, stop <laughs> playing around. So I went to, I went in and, in, and I, I got a job. You know, it was, I mean, it was, a, it was a shit pay, but, you know, I got paid 1800 bucks, you know, as a starting pay, but, you know, saved up, by ca bought cameras. Um, and uh, I think it's when um, when I realized that, you know, Namui, he shot a, a movie called Nasi Lemak 2.0. Yeah. Right. And he, and he, and he, and the behind the scenes said that, oh, I shot this all in the five, uh, with a 5D Mark II. Okay. So and then I, you bought that camera. Yeah. So, model. and that was like just the start off. And then after that, yeah. I started, I mean, I was a huge fan of uh, Wong Fu Productions. Mm. They're like YouTubers in, in the States. Yeah. And you know, when I, and I, when I see their films, I like it. I'll always try to look for the behind the scenes just to understand what they're using, what they're doing and stuff like that. And I realized, hey, these guys are using a Canon 5D Mark II as well. Of Mark One actually, Mark One, Mark One, not Mark Two. And then everybody's doing it. Everybody's using 5D Mark One, And everybody is like, oh my God, a revolutionary camera that can mm. shoot film and whatever yeah. not. And I was like, okay, um, this is where I already had sort of like an idea that what I wanted to do, mm. but obviously I could not afford a Mark 5D Mark One. that's bloody expensive. 12 grand, man, just for the body alone. Yeah. Yeah. So what so I did- this was back then. Now it's a lot cheaper, right? Yeah, now it's yeah, a lot yeah. cheaper. 
So what I did was, um, I mean, this was already when I was about to start radio. Mm. Uh, I started radio actually. Actually, I already started radio. So, yeah. so you were attached. The first radio company was Hits FM. All yeah, it was all. It was Hits because, FM because Astro is attached to Hits. That's how you got your game. yeah. So I was working for Astro Radio as their promotions exec. So I wrote all their scripts. I did all their promotions. I I wrote all their campaigns. And then after that, one day for some reason, somebody got fired, and I was there at the right place, right time. It's like, hey, I need a replacement. Are you you want to do it or not? Jake called me up. It's like. Uh, do you want to do radio? I'm like, uh, I don't mind. No, it's a yes or no question. I was like, uh, I, I, I don't mind trying out. No, you want to be famous or not? You just tell me right now. It's a yes or no. I'm like, okay, yes. <laughs> so, so it's true. Like radio actually sort of gives you the exposure. Any anyone who wants to be discovered goes to radio because they want the exposure. Is I think true? back then, yes. Uh, I had okay. So when when I when I wanted to do radio back then, it wasn't mm. because I wanted to be discovered. I wanted extra cash because when you do vo. Apparently, back then, every time you do a VO, you go in and sneeze as well, right? You get 350 bucks. I'm like, shit, that's easy money, man. <laughs> you go in there like, oh, Yusuf Tayo, 500 bucks. I'm yeah, like, yeah. that's so damn easy. <laughs> so I was like sending my emails to the to the voiceover department, mm. production side. I was like, hey, can I come and audition? And I, I went in to drop my voice, my voice auditions. I said, I can do characters. I can do this. Uh, I can do accents and whatever not. And yeah, I used to do a lot of voiceover commercials, to be honest. Uh, somebody else haven't paid me yet. I won't mention who. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I, I, I think I kind of got, that's how I got discovered, I guess. Um, and because as well, uh, when I was doing the promotions department, I was handling hits. Mm. Uh, so I, that's why I know all the announcers uh, personally as well. Adam C, Ian and all. So Adam C and Ian were there before you? Yeah, before me. But Ryan was there. Ryan Majerai was there after you. Yeah, he was there after me. Okay, so how was the transition like from working like a uh, full-time, like a, uh, I don't know, like a... Um, Promotions exec, yeah, yeah. To radio. Oh, wow. Um, it you, was... You, you, were you at a night show or something? No, when I started, I was uh, doing the morning show, 10 morning to 1. Morning show straight up? Uh, no, not the morning, morning. crew, okay, but okay, 10 okay. to 1. Right. Um, and uh, after that, they put me 1 to 4, mm. which is... Uh, I would say the shift that nobody listens to because <laughs> everybody's in the office, right? And then after a while, they put me at night uh, alone. I did a night show. I did it with, uh, I, f- I first did it with Adam. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, I can't remember where Adam went. It's either Adam went to another shift or he left to do uh, Super Sports, like exclusively. Um, and when I did the night show, I had the most fun because that's why I discovered you. I discovered, um, you know, that 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 flexibility to create. I had, I had this... Uh, like program manager, boss who was handling me, his name is Uno from Pop Shovit. He was actually my, I, I, not to say my direct boss, but he was the person who was looking over my show. La. And, uh, you know, the show was the most listened to English show in Malaysia, um, you know, even more than the morning crew, by the way. <clears throat> <laughs> and uh, then I t- then he asked, he kept asking me, what do you want to do? What do you want to do in the show? What do you want to do in the show? Let's do it, make it different. I said, okay, cool. Um, I want to bring in YouTubers. And he looked at me, he's like, really? And, you know, all the other bosses like, what you what's YouTubers? I was like, oh, you know, people that create content, you know, they they're quite famous online. He's like, no, uh, we only bring in famous people. Right. And I'm like, what the heck? These people are famous to me. He's like, no, you know, we are we are American charts. You know, we follow the American uh, charts and whatever. And I'm like, okay. Then what happened one day was uh, Uno said that hey, you know what, just bring me whoever because there was these two girls. They're twins. They're called JS Lee, and they were big. They're huge because they're hot. Um, they were cover artists. Back then, cover artists were a big thing. Mm. So I brought them on my show and um, and I filmed the whole entire interview, uploaded it on YouTube, right? And it had 100,000, 200,000 views. And then the bosses called me, what's this? I'm like, um, just a bunch of guests I interviewed. 
oh, how do you get so many views? And like, oh, who are they? I was like, I, I told you they're YouTubers because, you know, we interview other people like, you know, Kobe Clay or whatever. Not. You put up on YouTube, and, you know, like 800 views and stuff like that, you know? Mm. Everybody back then had the mentality, if you're a celebrity, you're going to get a lot of views on YouTube. But that's right. not the case. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. what I was trying to say. You know, content is king, you know? Um, so after that, then they allowed me to bring a camera around to you know, film my interviews and stuff like that. So the night show, which is the hits party back then, uh, every time when we had a guest on the show, particularly YouTubers, you know, uh, we would uh, film it and then after that, upload it online and then it would be a cool show. You know, you'll get a lot of views. Um, it will be, you know, you'll hear the show on air, but you'll see it online as well. Right. And that's where I, that's where I wanted to, you know, kind of like, that's my thing, you know, that's my thing. And after that, uh, Astro decided to take it and, build a whole entire video team of their own and say that, okay, we'll take over from here. And I'm like, ah, okay. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? You know, no raise, no nothing. You know, I, I was already paid jack shit already, you know, but, you know, but um, after that, I was like, okay, cool. Never mind. Um, it's totally fine. I still have a job. So I'm grateful for that. I, uh, what I did was uh, I, I just where I wanted to write a script. I said, hey, look, you know what? I'm going to go out, buy the 5D Mark One put out my life savings and I'm just gonna freaking you know I've been dabbling on this uh, idea of making a film for a long time I'm just gonna go out and do it before I delay you know I mean I, mean, I, I want my whole idea was to be like a a, a talk show on radio that has video visuals but yeah. now that it's it's owned by hits I was like I can't touch it anymore right, right. so I said okay fine I'll make a film right <laughs> I went out and and I made a film I asked my wife hey uh, do you know anyone who can kind of like help me out, you know, to do film and stuff like that. And, you know, and that's where she introduced me to Ruben. Oh, okay. so, this, this is the beginning of all the Genie Boy TV, you know. Yeah. But then but then the brand Genie Boy TV is already started. You're, yeah, you're yeah, really yeah. doubling into it. And then you find, you met Ruben and yeah. that's where you guys collaborated. Yeah, so um, when when I met Ruben, mm. um, he was working in a, he was working in advertising a, firm. Advertising yeah. firm, yeah, yeah, yeah. JWT. And uh, I remember like, when I got in touch with him, he didn't get in touch with me back. He didn't reply me for another year plus. Serious. <laughs> yeah, the only time he replied me back when he wanted to come and see those two twins in my office i was like <laughs> okay i'll say like look uh you can come and do this but i need your i mean in return uh, i have this project like hear me out so actually the first project he was actually my actor <laughs> oh. we worked together he kind of told me that okay maybe we can do this 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 uh maybe uh here's some reference pictures so at the end we couldn't find any actors so he became my actor mm. and uh we couldn't find any other actors and some for some reason somebody online uh forwarded me joseph jamani's uh Twitter handle and he was tweeting and said, hey, who should I work with or blah, blah, blah. Any online person I think I should collaborate with. He's a YouTuber. He's already a YouTuber. And then a lot of people were throwing my name at him. Um, they were tag tagging my name with this guy and I'm like, on my feet, I was like, oh, why is everyone tagging me with this guy? And I tagged I tagged him and I saw him and I saw that he was a YouTuber from Malaysia and I was like, yay. You know what I mean? There was no YouTuber in Malaysia. Yet. Yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. Lah. At least I'm pretty sure if I were to ask him to collaborate, he would say yes, right? So I got in touch with him, told him who I was, and he's like, yeah, I'm down. So that's how the first film got uh, made. Uh, it's called Our Wing, like Malaysia's number one salesman. Yeah, it was the camera, right? The camera sales. Yeah, so and it was mainly to make fun of the camera industry. <laughs> so from, from that video, you just hit straight out with views? Yeah. Um, it was funny because uh, I was listening to your podcast with Ryan mm. and he said that I was outside uploading the video. That's the first video. That was. That, that was the video. I was outside. I was very like, oh, should I color it better? You know, can I do this or whatever not? How, how about this? And then I asked Ryan, hey, can, Ryan, can you, can you read this? Can you watch this? What do you think? And then, uh, you know, I need to op put an opening title 
what should it be? And then he's like, hey, how about uh, you put this? And that's like, oh, cool. So he actually contributed in that first film too. He, yeah, title. Yeah, so that's Damn. why if you watch the if you watch the 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 film, you know, his name is there. Special thanks, Ryan oh, Majerai. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> you know, I called it Awing, and he wrote some some of the opening supers, and I and that's it. That's that's how that's how film was made. That's how the whole film thing started. Mm. Uploaded it. And I told uh, I told everyone I was like, "Hey man, if this hits like five thousand views, we'll go and celebrate." Okay. <laughs> and then I woke up the next day, it hit a hundred thousand. I was like, "Oh wow, okay, that's cool." And then after yeah. that, at the end of that same day, it hit two hundred thousand. And I'm like, oh, "Okay, that's okay, cool." So, so with everyone, we just got started, right? Normally they struggle with views, they yeah, struggle with people watch, getting attention. But you obviously didn't have to struggle with that. Mm, well, for me, I've been making videos on YouTube. <laughs> For a long time, mm-hmm. I think like a lot of people think that uh, that was my first film, and it's it, not. It 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 it, uh, it basically hit like you know a hundred thousand views, and like oh one time first time hundred thousand views. No, I've made a lot of videos, interview videos. I made some short sketches with uh with Ryan as well, mm. under another channel, of course. Okay. Um, and you know we've made some stupid sketches just for fun, you know. Uh, while we're in the in the studio, I had a point and shoot camera. We just shot, and then we just. Edit, I just edited it and just uploaded it just for fun. And it did get views. It just got like maybe like maybe 3,000 views, 4,000 views. And I, for me, it was like, whoa, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. But when I uploaded that Awing uh, film, it, 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 it blew up. And it's funny because like, you know, Joseph was like t- calling me. He's like, dude, I'm going, I'm going to cut my hair. And people here are calling me Awing. I was like, okay, cool. That's cool. That's cool. And, you know, Rufus started going around. And everybody started recognizing him. I was like, whoa, that's cool. And for me, it was like, it was supposed to be like a one-off project. And I wasn't going to do anything anymore. And I knew that I, in, in the back of my mind, I was like, hey, how cool would it be if I could just run a career off YouTube, just like Wong Fu, right? Mm. And then um, when we went quiet, a lot, a lot of people started emailing, a lot of people started uh, approaching me in the streets, a lot of people started uh, t- tweeting me before that, twi- uh, Instagram wasn't a big thing. A lot of people started tweeting me, um, and you know, my, 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 my film started trending. And I'm like, okay, should we do another one? And I'm like, okay, we'll do another one. And that's how we did Abu Den. Oh, and then and, <laughs> and then that blew up. And then I was like, oh wow, and everything I, blew up, bro. Yeah, Jenny Boy TV, I think for the last. I um, mean, that was 2012, 2013, right? Yeah, 2012. Yeah. It was in 2012. So I was like, okay, I thought Ruben, hey, this is quite crazy, right? Mm. And you know. Then um, we made other videos and every video that we made kept getting like 100,000 views. Um, and that's where I realized like, you know what? Uh, people actually don't mind the Malaysian accent. People actually don't mind the Malaysian culture. People actually don't mind laughing at the silly things that we are, right? Mm. And then um, we just continued making videos and then Ruben's like, hey, uh, you know what? I, 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 I was talking with a friend of mine and we both came up with this idea. It's called My Generacy, right? It's about like going back in time in school. Uh, school, wearing um, school uniform. Yeah, that one. So I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Let's do that. So we shot that in eight hours. I edited that in two hours and we uploaded it the next day. And I'm like, Okay, let's see how it went. It goes because I was spending like from twelve midnight all the way to six a.m. trying to upload it because you know last stream makes a shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> Still is. Uh, you know, <laughs> it was very hard to upload a one gigabyte file uh, <laughs> at, at that point in time, and um, that's where um, that's where when it finally uploaded, it was eight a.m. and I'm like, oh, you know what? Screw this. I'm tired. I went to sleep. I woke up with I was woke up woken up with a phone call and Ruben was like, our video is blowing up. I was like, what do you mean? And I went to there. I was like, "Oh shit!" It's at half a million in less yeah. than a day. And then, um, and then after that, it went six hundred, seven hundred. After on the fourth day, we hit a million. I'm like, "Whoa!" At this point in time, have you have you already monetized your video? No. Your monetization exists yet? Okay. No. Okay. There was no monetization monetization in Malaysia at all. Okay. So um, we were getting a lot of emails 
Oh, not emails, but for me, it's like just, I just a lot of people were just tweeting in saying that it's cool. A lot of people were calling in. A lot of people from Astro was like, "Hey, bro, can you be on? Uh, I can't remember was it Astro Awani? Mm. Can you come on this? Uh, can we interview you?" And it was it just got major press. The stars started calling because it's the first video that was made in Malaysia that went viral, right? And for me, it's like, wow, this is crazy. We're everywhere. And then hits suddenly came to me. It's like, hey, let's collaborate. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, they're paying you this time. No, they never paid me. They've never paid me for any of my videos at all. Um, it's more of like them telling me that, hey, you know, you can write on our platform and it will help you grow and stuff like that. And I'm like, ah, okay, well, you know. But here's a fun fact though. They used to ban me from saying Jinny Boy on air. Damn. Yeah. Uh, Jinny Boy is my nickname, but you know, I wasn't allowed to say it on air. I wasn't allowed to push my Twitter on air. I wasn't allowed to push my my whatever on air. They, they banned me from, from doing that. And then um, they came to me and said that, hey, um, let's uh, let's collaborate. Let's uh, you know right now Gangnam Style is a huge thing. Let's do a parody. That's why the morning crew JJ and Ian mm. uh, they want to do a parody. So they went to do the parody. You know uh, they recorded a parody and they wanted me to film a video and they wanted to upload it on my platform because obviously we had the subscribers and the numbers and then we did that. Um, when we did that, it, it just exploded again and then yeah. that was like a million in a day. <laughs> and in the, in the first week, there's like two, three million. You know, I'm like whoa. And that's where again we were um, we were not only on local news networks, we were on international news networks because you know a lot of people were covering or parodying uh gangnam style and after that uh what we did was uh and that that obviously propelled the the uh, the channel even further and then you know we made a lot of other, other films and stuff we just continued making films and every film that we made hit the millions and stuff like that and and the channel just continuously grew and then um hits just kept working with us and every parody that we made um, was just insane. <laughs> um, I think the next parody we did was uh, oh no, not the parody. Another film that the next film that we did was only in Malaysia, and that blew up as well. So you you wrote the script fully, right? Yeah. And you you collaborated with Ruben, so Ruben is more of the video guy, the visual aesthetic. Yeah. Is that it? So initially, when we first started, Ruben was the camera guy. Okay. So he 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 has he's a background in film. So I used to well, I, I remember teaching him how to use the cameras and stuff. Mm. Ahead. I was very particular about cameras because you know I did all my research on cameras. Yeah, you mean the hardware. Yeah, the hardware. And then um, after that, you know, uh, Ruben also wanted to do his own stories. Mm. So he wrote and then I wrote as well. So we both collaborated to kind of produce videos that you see on YouTube. And I think like the rest is history. Is It's, it's you know, it's just, uh, I mean, we never really started the company until like four years later. Uh, because we technically we didn't know what we were doing. For the first like six months, seven months, we weren't monetizing. Yeah. Uh, we, we, weren't earn, we didn't earn much money at all. Actually, we didn't earn anything. Um, and all of a sudden, there was this uh, network from the States that said, hey man, you guys want to monetize your videos or stuff like that? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And then uh, it was called Makers Network, which is owned by Disney. I said, hey, I'm going to give you the the um, the ability to monetize your channel. And I'm like, yay! And it was a big deal because like, yay, finally when we upload, right, you can get you can get money, right? For, for a Malaysian uh, content creator, right? How much is a million views worth though from, um, from advert? A million views. Yeah. Okay, if your a million if your million views comes in within like the first two days, okay, you're gonna get anywhere between um I would say anywhere between let's say let's see, you're gonna get anywhere between like 
1,005 USD to 3,000 USD. Whoa. Yeah. It has to be the first two days. Yeah, because like when, when you're... Meaning, the reason why it's the first two days or first three days is because when it's the first three days, it means your video is popular. When your video is popular, a lot of bigger ads want to be on your video. Right. Because they want to capture eyeballs. They're going to bid for, they're gonna bid for the, the pre-roll ad on your video. Mm. And the more people bid, the value of your CPM is going to go higher, you see? For that video. Yeah. Okay. So uh, versus versus a video that gets a million views in like two years, that's mm-hmm. that's not gonna earn you jack shit lah. By yeah. the way, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it's all about supply and demand lah. You know, all advertisers want is eyeballs. Mm-hmm. You know, eyeballs on, on they want their ads to be placed in popular videos. So if they want that, they need to pay for it. So yeah. that's that's how that's how your value goes up. So it's always fluctuating. Okay. Do you think quality is more important or quantity? Because um, like. Like what's stopping a lot of um, aspiring creators is like, oh, I'm not good enough yet, so I don't want to start. Or maybe I don't have the equipment, so I don't want to start. Whereas there are some um, recent popular opinions like Gary Vee, you know Gary Vee? Yeah. He, he mentions like, just document, you don't have to care about the quality, just post, 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 post. What do you think though? I don't care. You don't have to care about the quality. When yeah. I first uploaded my first videos, I was a, it's a crap camera. Mm. Yeah, it was 480p, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, 720p lah. Okay, mm. but back then you can only upload 420p. Yeah. I couldn't even afford a camera. I we did sketches with a Sony. We, we okay. First, it was a Sony Cybershot. Right. Then I bought a secondhand Canon S100. All right. Mm. That's how. Wow. Dang. That's wow. Long time never hear that brand. <laughs> uh, Canon S100, and and it's a black camera. I liked it. Very low profile. Um, and you know it didn't look like film it didn't look like the movie style but I still made videos mm. and um, the thing was it's I, I didn't okay at point of time views meant nothing to me at one point of time but when it started get, like when I started getting views I'm like whoa okay so this is what it's like and when when we exploded you know I was doing radio I mean like radio is the entertainment industry when you when you work in the entertainment industry you are bound to be known in the public eye right but after the whole YouTube thing exploded, I was like, everywhere I went, it was a little bit insane because everybody tended like be staring at you and coming up to you and say, hey, watch your videos and stuff like that. I'm like, wow, I thought that radio was big. This is even bigger than radio. So um, that's, and then I'm like, but I'm not even as great as those who make cinema films, right? I write, I make short stories, mm. but the quality is not as great as those in film, but people are still watching it and they say that I like this video. So it's, 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 it's to me, it's like, it's not, it's not saying that you have to do something that's high quality, but also at the same time, you don't have to do quantity. If you do quantity, you're just, you know, you're just shitting anything out and then mm. putting it up just for the sake of uploading. Right. So you still have to care about the quality a little bit. and then, Of course. Yeah. Of course. You need to, look, it's a, being a YouTuber mm. is a full-time job. It is a full-time job. You need to come to work every day. You need to understand your audience. You need to do your research. You need to understand why this video is famous. You need to understand why this video is not famous. Mm. You need to understand why this video went viral. You need to understand why this video did not do well in terms of views. You need to you need to dissect everything. Nothing is a game of chance, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing. You know, if if you can upload anything and everything hits a million, then wow, that's like damn, dude. That's you don't need. There's no effort. There's no effort. There's no purpose in creating content anymore. For me, for me, the reason why I started YouTube is because number one, I felt like uh, there was very not much of a re- representation of people of my kind on the screen. Like you know, we're the urban, we're the urban, uh, we are the urban uh, society. You know what I mean? Every time you see a TV host, it's more like pan Asian, mm. like you know, white. Yeah. Yeah. Even in Malaysia. Right, you know, and right. yeah, exactly, right? All these pan Asians all coming out to our country, yeah, all taking our women. So we, so <laughs> all the opportunities. That's yeah. right, Ryan. <laughs> but Ryan's really hardworking, though. Ryan yeah, is. He is. Oh. He's intense, though. He is. He is. Uh, uh, I would say that he's really focused, and mm. he knows what he wants. Yeah, he, he gets right into it. So, yeah, yeah I, I I created the YouTube channel to basically not work with celebrities. Mm. 
and basically had like all the all the YouTubers or all the people you see in our films in the beginning it's more like our friends like hey uh, can you help me out and they're like okay 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 I don't mind they were no one and but they just liked the idea of like hey maybe I can kind of just like help Jin and Ruben out and stuff like that and be a part of this mm. and and when they when they came on board you know all their social followings grew and 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 from from then like, it inspired them too to create their own content you know Dennis started a, a YouTube channel to, to upload dance videos we, we were with Dan Koo as well so Dan Koo started, started growing the main thing started growing um, Greenfield started growing we were this little community of you know YouTube and you guys sort of grew at the same time you guys exploded yeah. into the scene right yes yeah, yeah, yeah. yes um, of course, like some people uh, decided to kind of fall out along the way because mm. I don't know, um, maybe because of money or something like that, you know, they didn't kind of position themselves. But so, but for me, it's when, when, when I saw all these things happening, I knew that I wanted to start a business. Okay. I knew that this could be monetized. So right. I told Ruben like, hey, um, can you quit your job and, and work with me? I will, you know, in the next six months, if we don't make money, I'll pay you whatever your previous company was paying you. But if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then okay, cool. At least we tried, right? You can still go back to your day job. You've got experience in, 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 in the, like, the film industry. So that, that, was the, that was, I would say, he told me it was the best decision he's ever made in his life. Right. Right? So, and yeah, it's the best decision in my life too. Back then, I was still, I was still, I was still working for radio. Mm. Um, and when this whole YouTube thing blew up, so, were, so sorry, sorry to interrupt. Like mm -hmm. content creating, like video. So you made videos during the day, and then you went on radio during, at night. Mm -hmm. So you you sort of, sort of have best of both worlds. Yeah, you juggle both at the same time. Right? Exactly, but I was not allowed to talk about my videos online though. Right. So on air though, so okay, okay. never mind. So when the whole YouTube thing started growing bigger, that's where one day um, I got a call. I was, I I remember I was in LA uh, for an interview, and then I was flying back. The minute I touched down, I got a call from my boss. It's like I come in. And then I sat down in the office. All right, uh, you're going to be morning crew tomorrow. I'm like, huh? <laughs> uh, Ryan and I were sitting there. I was like, what do you mean? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, both of you guys, you, you're going to be morning crew. So Ryan and you, you and Ryan. Yeah, me yeah. and Ryan. Yeah. And I'm like, in my mind, I was like, I don't want to be a morning crew. I was like, what's going on? What, what happened? Uh, then they didn't want to explain to specifics. But obviously, like, something happened like, between JJ and Ian, right? Uh, mm. Maybe they didn't, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what happened. This was JJ and Ian or JJ and Rudy? JJ and Ian. Ian okay. Yeah, it was JJ and Ian. Rudy was way before that, right? Way before that. Okay. So JJ and Ian, uh, they were working for a while already. They were in Monaco for a while already. Mm. I think Ian wanted to retire, wanted to get married. Mm. And then JJ, I think he still wanted to work with hits. But I'm not sure what happened, all right? Uh, to be, I mean, there were rumors going around saying that, you know, negotiations weren't right or... This ha this person not happy, that person not happy, but at the end of the day, I was just pulled into a room and said that, hey, uh, you got your morning crew. I'm like, this is it, man. I mean, this is the you know, this is the rankings. This is the highest ranking of all, you know. And I'm like, okay. Um, but back then, I'm like, should I? And then like, oh, do you? And then they were like, you know, do you, you still want a job or you don't want a job? And then in my mind, I was like, obviously, I want a job, lah, right? Because I wasn't making money off YouTube back then. So because of security, I was like, okay, it's, it's more of like, I have no choice. Lah. It's like, they literally took us from the night show the previous day and they put us in the morning show the next mm. day. And everything happened so fast. And I'm like, damn, but I, I, I freaking, I could, I mean, I'm not at hits right now. I freaking hated the morning crew. Mm. <laughs> freaking hated being in the morning show, man. It was like, oh, it's not fun at all. Um, well, have, it's funny how Ryan said the same thing though. Well, what, yeah. I, what was the suckiest part of being, being on the morning show? Waking up. <laughs> it's like you have to start at four? Yeah. yeah. Um, waking up. And then for me, it was 
always being told to do what I didn't want to do. Right. Yeah. I, if you watch me on, 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 on all the videos that they've, they've recorded me, to be honest, like, yeah, it's all entertainment. People are laughing when mm. they wax my freaking armpits and stuff. I fucking hated doing that, man. I never wanted to do it. Yeah. I had to do it because nobody else wanted to do it, right? right, right. It's all like, hey, let's just, 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 let's just get the new kid to do it, you know? Um, I, didn't, I didn't like the morning crew. I mean, yeah, it was the biggest show. Yeah, my face was on the billboards, but um, it's just like, number one, you have to be funny. And I'm like, I didn't tell you I was funny. I never told anyone I was funny. I didn't join radio because I was funny, right? Um, and, um, and they were like, every time they would give us a lot of pressure because, you know, it's a number one show. You got to be funny. You got to be entertaining and stuff like that. So I'm like, Ugh. it's tough, man. It's mm. tough. You know, every, every day is, and you're going to end every day, right? And it's, uh, every day is a different benchmark. You know, if today's a great show, tomorrow has to be a, tomorrow has to be a greater show. So it's tough. It was very stressful. I was going home. Uh, I was isolated from my friends because the first thing you go home, you want to do, you want to sleep. Right, and then when you wake up, you can't go anywhere because you gotta sleep by eleven because you gotta wake up at like three thirty, and then you know you go on air from six to ten, and then from ten to twelve you go into your boss's room to have a dissection of your show, whether it's good, whether it's bad, and then after that you plan for the next day, and after that, from twelve o'clock to three o'clock you have to do gotcha calls, and I hated gotcha calls. This is afternoon twelve to three. Yeah. Shit. So it's like I hated gotcha calls so much mm. because you know it's like you're leaving. The you're leaving the 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 content in the in the hands of the of the uh, the caller, right? Mm. right? You know, until like for me, is at one point, yes, I enjoy doing it because it's funny. But after a while, it just gets like, oh my god, dude, this is this is tough. Yeah, it just gets old, right? Yeah, it just yeah. it just gets really it just gets really like ah, oh, it just gets really painful mm. because all you get all you're doing is like oh, okay, let's call this person, let's make him angry, and I just say mm-hmm. gotcha at the end, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but I wouldn't say that you know I wouldn't say that uh, all was bad yeah I mean it was great times in radio and I got to work with Ian you know uh, we've got to do some really big stunts it's, it's great I mean radio did give me my first break in the entertainment industry right. but you know uh, when I was doing the morning crew uh, although yes it's the biggest show I wasn't really the happiest mm. I know Ian wanted to do the morning show he, it, was, it was him it was he really really wanted to do the morning show he loved Ian is a passionate host um, and um, and he loves what he do. He, dude. I mean, like, I'm not sure if you know his background. I, I would say, but I I don't think he needs to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, he's a tunku Ian Nasrun, right? He doesn't need to work. I mean, I may be wrong. I don't know. But this guy, you know, he doesn't really need to work. But he really wants to host. He wants to be a great host. And he, I, I, I he told me before. I was like, you know what? I really want to be a great host. I want to be a great TV host. I want to be an entertainer. I want to make people laugh. And that's him. You know, so he's really passionate about it. But for me, um, you know, when I started YouTube, you know, I found my passion slowly kind of like swaying towards like making videos. Like, hey, this is like, this is what I want to do because this is, this is a creative freedom. I can do whatever I want, right? Mm. So, well, I mean, at the end of the day, what I did was I just continued my contract. And when it came to my contract expiring, I told my boss, I was like, um, I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, yeah, I don't want to renew my contract. Yeah. Do you think radio is dead? Um, At least in 2019, you think radio is just long gone? I wouldn't say it's gone, but it's heading there. Mm. Especially English radio. Right. Yeah, Malay stations are still big. I mean, Chinese stations are still big. But for English radio stations, yeah, they're... I don't know. There's, there's, For me, I just slowly feel that no one really listens to radio that much. And it's not because of them. It's because of technology mm. that's advancing so much that, hey, I don't need to listen to radio. I can choose whatever I want to listen to on demand. Mm. 
Mm. I want to listen to a Spotify show. I, I want if I want to listen to people talk, I will choose something that has people talking for one hour straight. Mm-hmm. A podcast. Yeah. If I don't want to hear anyone talking, I'll just freaking stream Spotify, you know, and have my own playlist of like things I listen to in the eighties or nineties and whatever not. So radio is I won't say it's dead. I'll say radio is threatened. Mm. All right. That's why they're coming out with a lot of things. I know that I, I mean I have people in the radio industry, you know, always make fun of me, say, Yeah, Jenny Boy taking all of our business and whatever, not jokingly. But indeed, I mean they 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 do give me that side that that kind of like understanding that hey, it's kinda not doing as great as before. Um, but for me is I wouldn't think it's dead because at the end of the day, um, you know, radio is still where you discover new music. Mm. I always believe that radio should be the trend setter, mm. not a trend follower. Right. If you become a trend follower, then that's it, you're dead. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, I'm sorry to say this, but I just thought that that's what Hits was doing. They were not being the trend setter. They were the trend setter. When they first started, I was like, damn, I want Hits is so cool. I want to wear their t-shirts and stuff like that. Then after a while, they kind of like, mm, you know, hey, can we bring this person on, on the show? No, they're not popular enough. I was like, but, but you know, we yeah. could we could do something for them and then, you know, and if they become big, it's because we help them there. You know what I mean? But nah. So, I mean, it's great. Radio is great. It gave me really my big, big shot in the whole entertainment industry. So you started um, content creating videos in 2011, 2012. You got exposed, like be, you became a little bit famous, got attention. Yeah. Do you think 2019 is a little bit too late to start making videos on YouTube? No. Or maybe not not just making videos to get their attention as big as what you get in you know, 2011, 2012. No, um, I'll give you a good example. So I'm, you know, so I'm Jen. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Jen started doing videos mm. the same time when we started doing uh, okay. YouTube, right. but she wasn't getting the traction. She wasn't getting um, um, the eyeballs and stuff like that. It's been seven years and only just like recently two years ago, she's just blowing up. Even mm. this year, she's blowing up. So for me, it's like, a lot of people tend to think that I'm gonna get into this and I'm gonna get a million views immediately, and then if I don't, then like uh, I can, uh, then they'd be like, oh, you know what? It's hard to do it in 2019 because you know there's so many of them. No, it's not true. Mm. I nobody knows, but I've been making videos and uploading them them on YouTube for seven years before I got my first hundred thousand views. So you know, are you gonna do the same? Are you gonna treat it like your job? Are you gonna treat it like a passion, or are you gonna be like, oh, I just need this to be famous, and then once I'm famous, I'll just ride with it, make money, and then th- move on to the next big thing. You know, are you a, are you a clout chaser? Because that's what most people are. are they, mm. Why do they want to start YouTube? Is because they want to chase clout. They want mm. to be famous, and they think that famous people will make money. All right. I had a hundred thousand subscribers, two hundred thousand subscribers, three hundred thousand subscribers. I. Don't think I was minting it, to be honest, right. you know? Yeah. I, I I could not, if, I still remember, um, we were 100,000 subscribers, people thinking that we're making millions because we have millions of views and stuff like that. My loan got rejected <laughs> because I wasn't earning enough yeah. to get a loan uh, approved to buy a house. I could not buy a house. I could not buy a car. I had to, then my girlfriend, now she's my wife, I had to join names just to get a loan approved and I had to put in a higher down payment to get a lower percentage of loan. Mm. I could, I was only allowed to take uh, an 80% loan and I'm like, man, that sucks, dude. Like, and you, you know how it is when people think, assume that you're, oh, you're famous, you're rich. Yeah. But there I was trying to struggle to get a loan to buy a house, right? And then like, crap, after I did that, like half my pay went to paying my, like more than half my pay went to paying my, my mortgage. And that was crap. So, but you know, it, it, then that's, and even until when I was still with radio on the morning crew, I was like still struggling a little bit. I mean, yeah, I could buy a car. Um, I could buy a house. 
But you know, I was just like paying everything off. And when I said that I was going to leave, it was a lot of people say, would say like, even my mom said like quite stupid lah because you know, you're already heading uh, stable pay on radio. Who knows you could move into the management side, right? But you want to leave and do radio, uh, do YouTube. And then for me, it's like, look, I know I can make money in YouTube and I know I'm going to do it. Uh, and I, I am going to do it. So I left and I was, there was no jobs for the first three months. That's where I started panicking. <laughs> but after that, a lot of jobs started coming in. And um, yeah, I haven't looked back since. And I worked hard. I haven't stopped working since then. And so I guess you got to do it for the right reasons, right? Yeah, you got to do it for the right reasons. Look, um, when I when I started YouTube, I, I, I did it because it was fun. Mm. Um, we had a whole community coming to make videos together, to have fun. And we went out. People, you know, people came up to us and said, hey, I love your videos. It puts a smile on my face. People sending me messages saying that, look, I was I was really upset. But when I watch your videos, I, 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 I smile, you know. I'm from overseas. Um, every time I miss home, I watch your videos on repeat. I put them in the background, even though I don't watch them just to make myself feel at home or, or like I'm talking to some Malaysian. And that made me feel amazing. That was like, this is something that that money cannot buy. This is not. This is something that fame doesn't get you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Fame only gets you free stuff, you know, uh, ticket to here, there, there. But in the background, when you get all these messages from fans because they were the ones who made you and made put you in this map, I was like, it's amazing to read that. I, I still read all these messages every once in a while that I come guess, in. I guess it's the impact that you bring to the table, right? Because like um, with fame, you can actually um, sort of affect your mental health. Sometimes you don't want people to say hello. You just want to be alone. Let's say you're walking no more. You just want to get your stuff and chill. But then people recognize you. Mm -hmm. You want to take photos. How do you handle with that? Like all those um, attention that was given to you up front. Um, back, I, back in the early days at least. I think like, look, when, when people come up to me and they want to take pictures, it, it makes you feel special. I'll, right. I'll, I'll admit. It's like, yeah, this is, this feels good. But, so um, Doesn't get get tiring at some point? I don't know. Um, what do you think? Well, okay. So if we have like really big events, it gets tiring. Mm. But for me, I'll still do it mm. um, because I will never turn a, a photo down. Mm. If I turn a photo down, and some some something bad must have happened to me that day, like something really really bad. Um, I like I'll, I'll I'll give you an example. I had a fan show up in front of my house once. Holy shit. Yeah. How did how did uh, do you know like your address? I don't know. Right. Yeah, I was living in a landed property, and I had three uh three college students show up in front of my house, right, right. and my I was upstairs half naked. My mom was like, "Hey, your friends are here," and I'm like, "Oh, your okay. friends." Yeah. Okay. She, I mean, what she, does my mom know, know, right? She doesn't know. I walked down. I was like, "Oh crap, these are not my friends," and I went out and came down, and they're like, "Hi," you know, they wanted me to host their um. Their ball or something. Mm. Their uh, their their prom night or something like. And yeah, I was like, yeah. okay, I'm like, you know, I, um, I'll, I'll let you guys know. But hey, you know what? It's not not. Uh, I didn't say it's not cool, but I didn't tell them anything. But for me, it was like, I didn't feel threatened to be honest because mm. they were harmless. They're mm. not they're not there to stalk me. You know, I'm not I'm no Justin Bieber. I'm no Taylor Swift. Um, but it, it felt nice. But at the same time, I was like, oh wow, <laughs> they that means people are actually watching. I gotta watch what I do. Mm. But um, for me, it's more of like uh, I am what I am. I, I there's nothing to me be, to be afraid of because I'm not controversial. So I don't really have to watch what I do in public because I think I am what I am, uh, off camera and on camera. I I I I don't put up a front like try to be aggro whatever or or whatever. Like, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm that kind of person that needs to juggle what I do in public because to be honest, apart from drinking alcohol and you know party once in a while I'm, I'm, I'm human yeah, yeah. everybody does it so I, I'm not very conscious about how I am in person actually <laughs> yeah I, to be, yeah. so I it, doesn't, it didn't really affect you no it didn't at, at all, all. Cool, cool. 
it didn't affect me. I mean, like, look, I mean, uh, at one point, I didn't care about the pictures I post on Instagram, lah, but I had my team of talents. They're like, you know, they take the such nice pictures. They're like, yeah, you should take nice pictures. Okay, lah, okay lah, fine. I'll put effort. I guess it's also nice because pictures. you are a little bit mature already, I guess. Yes. Because like with the likes of, I don't know, I have a friend of a friend. His name is Lokman Volosky. He's, mm. he's getting all of the attention at the moment. Yeah. And he sometimes just doesn't want to go out you know, uh, because of the attention. Yeah. But he's not, He's nowhere close to Justin Bieber, but he has the pressure already. Yeah, he does. I'm pretty sure he's got like a million followers. Everywhere he goes, people knows him. Like, yeah. like for me is every time, every time uh, I go out and and someone uh, messages me and says, "Hey, I saw you, but I didn't want to approach you." I'll just like say, "Approach me." There's nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Just like don't do it when I'm eating because I'll hate you. And <laughs> I'll be very sarcastic, lah. You know what I mean? I'll be like, "Hey, come. Why don't you come and say hi? I'll bite you. Let me bite you, lah, bees." <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I love connecting with the fans. I love connecting. I don't like calling... Okay, to be honest, let's not call them fans. I like connecting with the, the people that watch my stuff. Mm. Um, I, don't, I don't think... Calling them fans makes it look like, like I'm some celebrity like Justin Bieber. Like they, 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 These are people that gave me an opportunity to entertain. Um, so these are my followers. These are my supporters uh, that have been supporting me for the longest time. And, 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 and if any one of them are shy, come on, man. I'm shy too. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I would worry about is when I go out, I always get this sort of slight anxiety uh, attack where I f- always feel that like people hate me. They judge me. I, I have this feeling that sometimes people are like, oh, look at that guy. He's think he's think he's all that. You know what I mean? Look, he's some YouTuber. He's ooh, whatever. I get that a bit. Um, that's is why. That, is that like a little bit of a fear that you have? Or? Um, yeah, kind of a fear because, you know, um, it's, it's, it's very hard to kind of expect to know what people think of you. Like mm. when you, so for me is I basically put on a very thick skin and I just go up and say hello to everyone. I don't care whether you hate me. I don't care if you like me. I'll just go up and say hi and I just have a conversation with you. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I have people who come up to me and say, hey, you got a resting beach face. Like, that's why I don't want to approach you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Jen, so I'm just like, hey, you know, the first time I met you, you very lancy, you know. Really? See, I get that. And that kind of hits me a little bit because like, that's not what I'm trying to, mm. to, to give out, you know. So then and it came, it, it kind of affected me a little bit, but I kind of realized like, look, I don't have to really please everyone. Yeah. <laughs> the only person that I, I realized growing up is you have to please yourself. Yeah, yeah. And you, the only person that you need to really care about is the people that are in your inner circle, your family, your wife, your kids and stuff like that, you know? But I guess at this day and age, um, it's hard to not compare yourself with others, right? With social media, how do you actually stop from like, okay, he's doing that much views and mm-hmm. he's, doing th- he's doing good. He's on radio now. Or yeah. He's on. He's in movies now. How do you not compare yourself with others in a good way or in a bad way? Because they say stop comparing yourself because comparing yourself with others is like the thief of joy or something. Yeah. So I have to admit, I think mm. we used to we used to compare our viewership to yeah. other people, and you know, um, and if someone is doing better, mm. it's more of like, a, oh, they're doing better. What do they do? How come? How come they're getting those sort of views and stuff like that? You know, where we work so hard, we're not getting those views. And that's where I come in and I told everyone, look, man, like, what do you care? <laughs> I, it's, 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 uh, although that, yes, the only reason why I care about views is because you need to basically uh, keep up to your clients' expectations. Mm. Clients always want views. Okay. When it comes to a certain point, I told them, like, look, in my team right now, I tell them, look, if your videos get to 100,000 views, it's good. It's 100,000 people watching your stuff. Mm. Or you expect, what, a million? 100,000 is a, a size of, basically, Bukit Jalil Stadium watching your video, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. You know, you, you got the attention of a Bukit Jalil Stadium audience and um, I know a lot of people tend to compare because like oh um, it is common these days because I hear people talk they're like 
what how come this person got so little followers but you know oh, I get so many views what is this person doing and you know they upload vlogs and they get like millions of views while we do a high quality production we only get like 100,000 views a lot of people compare that I mean like at the end of the day I told this to everyone when I started I love it when there's more people doing all these content out here I love it when there's more YouTubers you know why it just shows that our community is not dead it's our community going, is strong mm. and why I say this is because Advertisers are pumping in billions into traditional media, right? And you know that digital media is taking over. So why are you comparing yourself and trying to kill each other when in fact you are basically responsible in building this entire industry to basically tell these advertisers that, hey, you know what? The default is going to be the digital industry, not so much the traditional Right. You know what I mean? It used to be traditional, like, oh, I got this brand. Okay, it's gonna be radio, TV, newspaper, magazine, whatever not. Yeah, yeah. Now when I have a product, I want it to be like, all right, we're gonna go on Facebook, we're gonna go on YouTube. Okay, on YouTube, we're gonna work with these creators. Okay, we're gonna pump in more money over here because we're gonna work with more creators. Look, the pie is huge, man. Come on, you don't need to be number one to make money. I know, like I handle talents who do not even have a hundred thousand followers who are making money. Mm. It's not about the numbers anymore, it's about the the quality of work you put out because at the end of the day clients are gonna appreciate that smell this coffee bro yeah i know i, I yeah oh wow pre-ground for you man oh this is nice so once you're done with this show we can get some hot water and i don't mind a cup of coffee bro this is like this is like a this is like a does you carry this everywhere you go i try to yeah is this like a is this like a uh, uh, an icebreaker for chicks like you know how when you get the latest uh, mobile phone <laughs> and then a girl comes up oh my god is that the latest uh, Samsung phone or iPhone and it's like <laughs> no, oh no <laughs> in, in, case, in case you don't know like I'm a I'm a video guy also a barista I'm also a barista yeah I like a lot you, you can tell right yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it's, a, it's funny because like I tweeted uh, about uh, podcasting mm. um, I tweeted about uh, hey man are there any people out there who do podcasters and stuff like that? and then there were some people actually tagged you mm. and I was like oh cool because I was literally checking a lot of shows just to kind of understand what the, the the landscape is because uh, yeah I'll say it I mean like I know I, I mean everybody's gonna know anyway um, who knows someone might steal my idea but nah it's not it's not an idea to be stolen it's already been done it's like whatever I did for the YouTube community I'm doing it for the podcasting community right now Damn. I'm trying to trying to build a podcast community I'm trying to build an uh I'm trying to see... Cause I, I think that podcast is going to be the next big thing. Mm. Um, I've spoken to friends in, in the States and they're telling me to. And 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 I, I feel that um, when I when I, I left radio, I'm like, gosh, screw this, man. I'm not going to do radio anymore. And then when I started a podcast show, I was like, man, this is this is fun. This is this is fun because it's, because it's, it's what I want to do. Mm. It's what I want my show to be. I have no one telling me that, oh, you can't do this. You can't talk for one hour. You can talk for 30 seconds. Yeah, I can do whatever I want. And I... And when we uploaded our first episode, you know, a lot of people were listening. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's a lot of people listening. And then our third episode, we had brands coming in. So for me, it's like, again, I, I feel that there's something here that I want to build. I want to connect. Uh, I want to meet people who, who do podcast shows. I want to teach people how to do podcasting shows. I'm no expert, but uh, I mean, I've only worked for radio for eight years. Dude, I would I would love to learn anything from you, man, in terms of creation, creating, being, being a creative. Because... I am surprised myself that these opportunities arise, like being able to connect with you. And I can see that slowly the creative in Malaysia is uh, connecting. I'm, I'm actually being one of them. Whereas like five years ago, I was, I was looking up to you guys. You yes. Know? And then now I'm almost 
being part of it. I can feel it. Yeah. But I have a lot more to learn how to maneuver things. What What is the right decision about branding? Mm-hmm. About whether or not um, quality versus quantity, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like should I push more? How much time should I invest? Like, is it important to make the leap, take the jump, or do I need a full time job? Manage, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you you you've done it all, man. I've done. I've yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've done everything, <laughs> man. I I I uh I think uh. I don't know, man. My 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 daily routine is crazy. Uh, it's like I sleep every day. T- I, I sleep every day at four because like I only work well at night. I I think a lot of things. Um, but I think re- lately I I tend to I'm tending to take a step back because mm. uh you know I I I think I I think I'm comfortable where I are uh, where where I am right mm. now and uh, I've done a lot of things. I've I've earned some money. I'm happy. I've got a family. I've got a kid. I want to see my kid grow up. Mm. I don't want to be my mom. My mom. My mom had to work like four or five jobs because she was a teacher. Mm. She had to work four or five jobs so that she could put me in school. And you know, when I went to school, when I came back, I didn't realize it back then. When you're a kid, you don't realize it. Um, You know, you you go back, you know, you get to watch WWF. Now it's WWE. (laughs) You know, watch Astro. You know, you get to watch Astro. You get to watch HBO. And then, you know, you get to sleep in the bed. You know, you get get a a PC. Mm. You you got internet. Your parents are not home. Like, yeah, I can do whatever the heck I want, you know. Yeah. Um, and then when my mom comes back at eight o'clock, she's gonna nag you, say, "Hey, come and eat dinner now." Mm. And then you get frustrated. She don't tell you, man. My mom didn't tell me that she was out working. Yeah. She didn't tell me that, and I, I only realize now because, like, every time when I bring her for trips or if I were to buy something, I can buy whatever I want, right? I'll just buy. She'll come up to me and say, "Why are you spending so much money?" It's like, "Mom, can you not?" Mm. <laughs> you know. When I was young, I okay. This is I remember telling. This is this is basically my main motivator. When I was young, my friends were wearing G-Shocks, right? Mm. And then I was like, I went to my mom, mom, can I have a G-Shock? And she's like, um, next time you work hard, you buy it for yourself. And I was so angry at my mom. I said that, why can't you buy me a G-Shock? All my friends in school are, are, are wearing a G-Shock. It's only 150 ringgit. It's not to say like, you know, it's a thousand ringgits and whatever not, right? And she's like, yeah, but you know, she, she never once told me that she could not afford it. She said that, mm. you know what? You should prioritize and you should work for it. When you work for it, you, you, you will want, you would appreciate it a lot more, right? Mm. And I'm like, okay, cool, no problem. You know, I'll show you. Yeah, <laughs> then I kind of forgot about it. And then when I, when I, this is so funny because like when I first cashed in my 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 check uh, on YouTube, like you know, not not the AdSense, but when I did my first job, it wasn't much. I made like what we made about like maybe two thousand ringgit, split beyond one thousand ringgit. I went out and I bought a G-Shock. <laughs> <laughs> I went out and I bought a G-Shock. <laughs> yeah, you know, I went back. I showed my mom and everything. So yeah. And, and 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 ever since then, when when it didn't stop, I just went on a buying spree on G Shocks. If you go back, I have like 20, 30, 40 G Shocks in my yeah. Shit. And why? Because because when I was a kid, I was denied this. Mm-hmm. I was denied this watch. So you have sort you sort of have like this chip on your shoulder. You're trying to prove yourself, like yeah. I don't know whether I'm. Tra- I was trying to prove myself. Yeah. It's more of like. I was trying to like want things when I was younger. When I was younger, like like when I was young, I was like. Um, Maybe I was in primary school. I was like seven, eight years old. I want to go to Disneyland. Mm. You know, she's like, no, when you work hard, you can go to Disneyland on your own, right? And I'm like, no, I want it now. I want to experience it now. I want to experience it when I'm seven years old because when I'm 20, I'm not going to enjoy Disneyland, right? Mm. You, I, you had the awareness back then. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I know. I want to have it now. You know, I don't want that, you know, and because and, I grew up, I guess 
it's because of the 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 people. My mom worked really hard. I didn't realize to put me in three KL. It's a private school, yeah. Oh shit! You grew up in Subang as well. Yeah, I grew up oh. in Subang, so, and I didn't know what do you know when you go to school? You just go to school, right? Three KL is a bit pricey, yeah. Yeah, um, I think it, back then it was new, like it was three thousand mm. ringgit a year. But back then, three thousand was a lot of money. Mm. And you know, my mom was supporting me all the way, um, trying to fund me. She she's a government school teacher. She didn't want me to go to a government school. Don't know why. Uh, <laughs> and she said she wants to go. We need to go to a private school. So she put me into a private school. So you know, I guess Sri KL, they are very well known to be a rich school. Mm. I was surrounded by a lot of rich kids. Even uh, I remember I had a one classmate. Whose dad works with our current prime minister? He brings a photo album, not Instagram like Where got phone back then. He yeah. brings a photo album. He shows a picture with him and and, and uh, Dr. Mahathir. I'm like, oh wow, okay. Wow, photo album. Bro. Yeah, photo album, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so you know, I I, I kind of compared. I was compared. I was like, I was wondering because my mom's a single mom. Mm. I lost my dad when I was less than a year old. My dad was. Uh, I lost my dad in a car accident. Mm. So my mom's a single parent. So. But the thing is, my mom never admitted to me that we were poor. Mm. She would just say that we are comfortable. We should be glad with what we're having. So when I started spending money, it's like that. Lah. You know, when you earn money, it's like, I'm going to spend it myself. Lah. Whatever I couldn't get when I was young, I'm going to do it now. And did I? Re- is it a regret? Is it like, oh, it's too late? No, man. I went to Disneyland when I was 27. I was crying like a kid. Wow. <laughs> I went I went on the California <laughs> surf, uh, the California whatever, like, that whatever going upside down one. I sat on it. I took a picture. I didn't buy the photo because like, it was 30 USD. buy. It was so expensive. 120 yeah. ringgit for a damn picture. Yeah, yeah. I took a picture of my phone. I said to my mom, I'm here. And I cried a little bit. I cried a little bit because I sat there. The, the white people were like, hey, this Asian kid, <laughs> what the heck is he doing? He lost his mommy. Whatever. I cried a little bit because like, you know what? Um, at seven, I remember when I was seven years old, I wanted to come to Disneyland. 20 years later, I was at Disneyland, but I did it on my own. But you know why I was crying? Because I was there alone. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't there with my mom. You, you wish that you brought her along? I w- yeah. yeah. So like, you know, after that, I was like, you know what? Like, I went back and I asked my mom. And that's where you tend to like take a step back and you you kind of like stop asking what you want. Mm. You start asking your mom, what do you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... I re- that's the only thing I regret. I, I regret not asking my mom what she wanted when I was younger. Like when you grow older, your parents grow old, but you don't, you don't, you don't care about. You don't realize that until like one day you be like, "Oh, I think I'm mature now." It's like shit. My parents are old. Mm. Yeah, so this is where I ask my mom. Like you know, every year I'll bring her to where she wants to go. I remember that she told me once, like you know, things that I'll do for my mom. She's like, she said that oh my, your dad used to tell me that uh, you bring me to Europe because that's my dream destination. I brought her. To, to Europe. I brought, I flew every, I brought her to, everywhere in Europe. And she's like, yeah, I'm happy now. I don't want anything. Like, and then, and, and for me, it's like, no, it doesn't stop there. I brought her to Japan because she wanted to, to look at the Sakuras and stuff like that. She's never ever seen the Sakuras in person. I'll do that. Mm. And that's why at the end of the day, um, it brings back to the question where like, do you, do you care about comparison? Do you care about the views or whatever or not? Do you care about the social circles? Like, no, man. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I only care about the inner circle that I have. I call me selfish, but I only care about my family. I only care about my wife. I care about my kid. I care about my boys who work really hard for me to put out content. And other than that, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> People can hate me. People could talk shit about me, but I'm living my life right now. I'm happy. I can buy anything I want. I can buy all the freaking G-Shocks I, I want. <laughs> I, can, I can buy... I can I can afford a house, you know. I could I could I can live under a roof. I could provide for my family, you know. And right now, I could just dare say that 
I it, there was no regrets with anything that I've ever done. Mm. Radio gave me an opportunity. There was no regrets in joining radio. You know, there was no regrets doing the morning crew because you know if, I, if even though I didn't like doing the morning crew, but it built character. It it made you, it made you, it made me decide to leave it. It made me be a more mature person and say that I can take a risk and leave radio. Mm. It, it takes it it all takes character building for you to make that that um that uh that decision to leave radio you know if you if you're not gonna if you're if you're the type of person that's like no, no i'll just be comfortable over here like that's it you know you, you, you're, you're gonna be forever complaining so for me it was it's just like uh you know i know regrets in everything and uh you know everywhere i've been everyone i've met everyone i've worked with there was no regrets and 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 i i i have to say that you know where i am right now or whatever i'm doing right now i mean it's a collective of working with amazing people that I met along the way who inspired me, who have basically given me advice, you know, whether it's people from Malaysia or people from overseas or the other creators that I met who have given me advice. And for me, it's more of like, uh, I want to, that's why, you know, sometimes I take a step back because I want the younger community. If you go to my studio, most of my films right now are done by the younger team mm. because I feel like they do more kick-ass videos than I do. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, I'm, at, I'm in a, at a position where I'm like, wow, man, I love this. I love where I am right now. I have no regrets. I I don't care about what people think. You know, I only care about what I think. Mm. I, am my, I, I am my biggest critic. I am my biggest enemy. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what I've become. But I wouldn't say that I was like this 10 years ago. Mm. Everybody has to grow and everybody has to be mature. Yeah, out of all the pieces of advice that you see from people, right? What what would be the single piece of advice that stick out the most that you remember? Um, most of the advice came from uh, one of my good friends, David Choi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I talk to him a lot. You, you hang out with David Choi. You hang out with um, what was that? Wong Fu Productions. Yeah. And also Niga Higa. Right? Yeah. Damn, how do you get in touch with them through hits or? No, you man. Just, you just email them. I just I just emailed David, and then um, they know. That's the, that's what I love about the YouTube community. I mean, that you reach out as a creator. They mm. know who you are. I mean, okay, look. I just got to be honest over here. Like, doesn't mean anyone can just reach out and they'll just reply back. Mm. You know what I mean? When you reach out, you got to sell yourself a little bit. And look, there are people who are creators as well. They are famous. They don't want any fans to come into their circle. They got to they gotta let someone in whom they trust, right? Mm. So, you get, I mean, if you want to be a part of this whole community and stuff like that, you got to prove your worth. Yeah. Yeah. So you know when I when I reached out to them, they kind of I mean when I reached out to David, um, before I started YouTube actually, I reached out to him because like I love his stuff and I wanted to play his song on on, on radio. Mm. So I met him and then um, he was the one that said, "Hey man, you should start YouTube." And I'm like, uh, "Nah, I don't think I want to do YouTube." I was like, "Look, but you love making videos." I was like, "Yeah, I know, but you know, I'm never ever gonna be like how you guys are." And uh, I guess uh, he pushed me and and I did it. I did. I did the first film, and that's. Uh, and then you know, every time when I was, I'm, I'm, I'm going through a hard time. I'll talk to him, and he says that, "Look, man, um, you need to." The one single piece of advice is he told me that, "Look, um, you either do it, or either regret for the rest of your life." I say, I, he is like, I'm telling you now because I am going through it right now. I am doing YouTube right now, and I'm telling you, uh, put the whole fame and whatever aside. You need to do this. Otherwise, you're going to be forever wondering in the future, what if? And I'm like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Even if I fail, I'll do it. So I don't care. I don't care if I, I, I'm a person who's not afraid of failing. I'm not the best academic student. <laughs> I put out my SPM results, dude. I, I go, like, everybody looks at my SPM results. They're like, oh, this is a joke. 
<laughs> you know, I got like a seven for my ad meds and that. it's like same my here, same here, bro. Yeah, my 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 <laughs> SPM results is like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Got all numbers, all alphabets got. It's like it's like it, you know, my SPM results, right? It's for a toddler to learn the ABCs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's that. So for me, I'm not I'm not afraid of failing because like I always believe that yeah, your academics is a, a very good place for you to build your foundation, but mm. academics do not prove anything, mm. right? Okay, if you could have a cup of coffee with any dead musician or a famous person from anywhere, who would it be? And what kind of conversation would you have with them? I would have a conversation. It has to be a celebrity? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, the listeners would know, yeah. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, well, if you ask me who I'll have coffee with uh, from the dead, I'll have coffee with my dad. Yeah, I just want to sit down and say, dude, dad, would you have approved of me of doing this? Would you have expected me to do kind of this kind of things? Would you be proud of me today if I did all the time? What do you think of this? Yeah. All, all, all the one question I want to ask is like, what do you think of this? Mm. That's, that's, that's who I want to know. I don't know what it's like growing up with a dad. I wasn't old enough to understand what it was like to lose a dad. And sometimes that hurts because like, I don't know what to feel when, when, when my mom says, oh, you know, your dad would have been proud. I'm like, okay. Well, what am I supposed to feel? Mm. So yeah, like you know, I will. I'll, I mean, yeah, if I could, I would love to have coffee. But if if it's like a dead celebrity, <laughs> I would love, uh, to be honest, to have coffee with Chester Bennington. I grew up with Chester Bennington. Linking Park. Yes, yeah. uh, Chester Bennington was uh, kind of like, like how like how my viewers say that. Oh, you are kind of like speaking my emotions and my voice and, and, and whatever I'm thinking right now, you are the voice of my generation. Chester Bennington was the voice of my generation when I was going through teenage life, being angsty and stuff like that, you know, going through a lot of things. And he was the, he was the songs, he was the, Linkin Power was the band that I screamed to in my, in my own bedroom just for fun. My mom would come, what the hell are you doing? He's like, nah, mom, I'm not, you know. And uh, I just want to sit down with him and, and, and just, I don't know. I mean, like it's, it, when, he, when he committed suicide, it hit me hard. Yeah, I was I was driving back. I was I was playing a uh, hybrid theory. I was playing uh, Meteora, one of my favorite albums and stuff like that. And I was like, I was like, I was getting emotional. I was like, shit, man. It's like, why do you do this? Like, what the? I mean, what the hell? You know? It's like I looked up to you, and 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 why do you do this? Why why didn't you seek help? Why 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 couldn't you, you know, reach out and stuff like that? You have all these questions. So, yeah, he's someone that I like to like, you know, talk with. I met him once. I mean, oh. I didn't talk to him. Yeah. It was just a backstage. Um, he took me up, of course, because they know I was a huge Linky Park fan, right? I love them to bits for it. I mean, until today, shout out to Hits. Freaking made a kid's dream come true. They said, hey, uh, Linky Park's here. You want to go? I was like, yeah. Yeah, okay. I got you backstage passes. So you can meet the guys. I was like, shit. You know, they every time when it's a Linky Park, they okay, Jin, you're interviewing Mike Shinoda. I'm like, okay, yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah, so they got me together with the LPU, LPU Underground, uh, you know, um, and uh, I, I got there and then Mike Shinoda came up to me. He's like, hey, man. I was like, and then I was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Chester came up to me. He signed my he Damn. signed my tag. I was like, oh, wow. This is like, and someone who, uh, someone who took a picture of me, sent it to me. And I was like, whoa, that's amazing. And I posted that. I remember posting that picture up of me of Chester. He was signing my tag and I posted it up. I said, I, I, today we lost somebody great, someone who was influential, someone who was really influential to me. So I was like, yeah. Yeah, I was in primary school, bro. Linkin Park phase, like yeah. yeah. I guess you you were in secondary school, primary. Yeah, I was in secondary school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay, this is where I flip the script and let you ask me any question that you have in mind. Anything you're curious about me? Anything at all, man? Go for it. Dude, I heard your your I I I've been listening to your podcast. It's hilarious because every time you start your show, it sounds like you're stoned. <laughs> yeah. It's like hello, hello. I have been too, bro. <laughs> 
So I was like, dang, dude. <laughs> What's this guy? And then, then, then that's the intro. And all of a sudden, all right, all right, I'm, I'm sober. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. okay how, like, um, so podcasting, why, yeah. what, you got, what got you into podcasting? Because I'm a huge fan of podcasts. That's mm-hmm. the first thing. And I also feel like, um, and it's, it's kind of becoming a reality sort of podcast is actually my entrance okay. into the creative industry to meet um, the creative people that I look up to. Right. And like, you know, like other people, they have, like say, they decided with music and then they become actor and then they decided with radio and then they become video maker or something, yep. right? So I realized that no one is doing podcasts yet uh, a year ago. I mean, not no one, but not many in Malaysian. Yeah. yeah. So I started and then I realized, damn, this is possible. Yeah. With po- It's not podcast is not my main thing, but I have the intention of getting into industry with the podcast and also like having conversation with people. So yeah, that, that's why. Look, I, look, I'll tell you straight up, man. Um, like I, I, I used to do radio mm. and it was one thing about someone who's done radio. Um, the most important thing is whether you can get the person's attention. Right. So I listen to your podcast. If I don't, you don't get my attention, I'll turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 the first episode I was listening to was Ryan's episode. I listened to the whole entire thing. I oh. stream it in my car. Thank you, bro. I, I listened to Jin Hackman. Appreciate um, it. listened to uh, another episode of, uh, I think, uh, uh, there's this artist, this girl who's an, a painter, an artist. Yeah. Mm. I think, uh, one of your episodes you've, you've interviewed, um, Sophia oh, Harun? I think, yes. Oh, okay. And there's another musician who, ah, uh, yeah, I can't remember what? her name. It starts with a T. Take something. I think it's, it's, it's um, she is part of a band which is pretty interesting. She did the Hari Raya KFC commercial. Oh, Takara Suiko. Yeah, yeah. So like, look, you're you're. I I I kind of think that you're you're doing something great because you're talking to interesting people. You're and the one thing about it was, I've heard a lot of podcasts from Malaysians. Okay, so I just turned off after the. It's because I. It, it sounds like they're trying so hard. Yeah, right, they're trying so hard. For me, it's like you're being real. Oh right. Yeah, and I, 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 it's cool because it's like, oh wow, it's like, yeah, I listen to my friends in the states, their podcasts, right? But for me, it's like, oh, I want to listen to Malaysian podcasts, and then your only your podcast caught my attention. Well, thank you, bro. Yeah, I appreciate it so much. Yeah, yes. and it doesn't. I mean, like, look, man, I hope your podcast goes bigger, and um, and don't stop what you're doing, man, because like, look, uh, here we are having just having a conversation, and that's 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 the sole purpose of a podcast is yeah. to understand. It's like you have you have burning questions in your head. Just ask and you know, there's no holes barred. Yeah. There's no censorship. And it's raw. It's like, it's a two person having a conversation, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is what it is. It's like a um, time capsule of, uh, you know, like you can look back in time and you can feel exactly how it was. Yeah. Right now, and know? like listening to how, how you ask questions, like, like, like um, I would say that, you know, maybe apart from, like, maybe you could, you could, really delve in more sometimes and not be shy. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I would yeah. tell you that. Yeah. Like, like just, but just listening to how you ask questions, I think you're a pretty smart guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're, you, the way you ask questions, you're, you, you read a lot. I, th- I would, I would think that you read a lot. You kind of research a lot. You kind of, um, I know you, I, I would, you, you strike me as the kind of guy who would like, if you like something, you would just basically go in and out about that whole thing, whether it's reading, whether it's watching, whether it's understanding, whether it's talking to someone who knows it. Yeah. I might be wrong. Yeah, you you spot on, bro. Yeah, thank you so much. It's like that's what I get from listening to your podcast. Cool, bro. Yeah, Appreciate so it's it. so that's uh that's cool. Like, I mean, I hope, th- I mean, like if anyone, I mean, anyone listening right now, this is not just the only podcast that's going to be coming up because, like, yeah. you know, I feel like we live in an age where anyone can express themselves. Anyone is given. There is, there are three free platforms like okay, a lot of free platforms uh, you got Spotify you got YouTube you got iTunes you got Facebook to upload whatever the heck you want apart from videos that are controversial they'll get you views for sure mm. but you have all these platforms 
to basically showcase your interest, your talent, your work. Yeah. Right. And you need, and you, I mean, you already, you already have a head start. Why? Let me tell you why. Because in your free, in your Facebook page, you already have more than ten friends. Mm. That's already potentially more than ten people watching your work. So are you gonna? Are you going to influence this ten people to help share your work? Are you, or are you just gonna like do it once and like, ah, oh, shit, I can't do this. Yeah. Damn! Thank you so much. Whoa, what was that? Oh, that's uh some inconsiderate uh office renovating their their unit during all working hours. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Have you have you always got everything figured out, bro? Like um, is, is there any point of time where you feel like giving up because there was no, there was no like you you work so hard and it's not showing any result in your in your work all the time. All the time. Yeah. Wow. I always have. Sometimes I, I sometimes when I'm alone at home, I'm like, oh man, I should give up. Mm. You know what I do? <laughs> sounds this sounds nerdy, but mm. sounds self-centered as well. I go back and I watch all my videos from day one. So it sort of push you, motivates you. Right? Yeah, I read, I read my, I read my comments. You know, I, uh, I basically go back in time to see where I was 11 years ago, what I had back then, and versus what I had now. Mm. For me, it's like, look, man. <laughs> I'm lucky. I, 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 right now, I'm, I'm lucky. Yeah, I'll, 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 there are times where you'd be like, "Shit, you know, I have no ideas. I can, I'm gonna give up." But that's where I decided to. I hit a brick wall at one point. I used to write all. I, I, I write most of the content on my channel. I hit a brick wall, and I'm like, "Shit, you know, I'm going nowhere. Is this the end of YouTube? Is this, is this how it's gonna be?" But that's when I, I decided to hire a writer, and I realized that that's the best decision ever. Mm-hmm. And you know, nothing revolves around you, man. Why, why do you? Why does everything always have to revolve around you? You know what I mean? Look at Steve Jobs, man. Did he build the iPhone? No, he didn't. <laughs> Did he build the iMac? No, he just went to a f- few groups who had great ideas. He took the best idea from each group and made it an iPhone. He took the, he took the best idea from each uh, PC group and made it into an iMac. You know, he's the visionary. I mean, he, 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 can't, he can't create, but he knew. And for me, you know, I see that in people and I realize that, like, you know, instead of trying to do everything your own, you, try, you, you should actually help people grow. You should, you should see the potential of people and then basically build something, you know, that will basically make everyone happy. Yeah, it goes on my channel, you know, so it kind of sounds like I'm the Steve Jobs. But hey, when I, t- when I tell them to make something and when they upload it on a channel, I tell them, you guys, make sure you own it. Mm. Put your credits or whatever or not, you make sure you own it. It is your work, you know? When you leave my company, you're going to bring this with you and you're going to show this to everyone or, or any potential client you're going to be working for. This is my work. Mm. And I did this for Jenny Boy TV. And I'm not afraid. I'm not ashamed for them to say that, you know? Because at the end of the day, I, uh, this is a platform for people to come and create and I want people to have fun while doing it. Yeah. Damn. What would be the, the, the one piece of advice that you give to your 23-year-old self though? Twenty-three year old self yeah, who's just getting started, like where you were that you you told us just now. Just look, man. Um, what would be the the piece of advice that you t- tell yourself? I would say work for a great leader. Mm. Work for a great boss. Um, I, I read this somewhere, and it makes complete sense. Work for someone like look. When I was at Hits, I had uh, a boss. His name is Brian. He's the best. Uh, advised me through. Um, work for a great boss. Learn. You're, when you're when you're 23 years old, you're a sponge. You need to absorb as much as you can because just because you came out with an engineering degree doesn't mean you're gonna be doing engineering for the rest of your life, mm. right? Because like, look, uh, Ryan Heger was about to do biochemical engineering. Damn. <laughs> yeah, look at him now. 
So when you're 23 years old, when you come out, you need to absorb as much as you can, whether mm. it's within your industry or out of your industry. And then after that, it's up to you whether you want to take the leap of faith and just do whatever you want and makes you happy. I know that sounds cliche and I wouldn't say that it's the right thing to do because sometimes people have commitments, you know, I sometimes it's better for you to stay in a high paying job or a more stable job than go out and take a leap of faith. But at the end of the day, there's always a work way around to what you want to do and it's whether you want to do it or not. It's just because you're working for a nine to five job doesn't mean you can't make videos. Why? Oh, I have no time because nine to five, I'm busy. If you really want to do it, you'll do it. That's what I did. When I was doing the morning cruise show, I didn't sleep much because, yeah, from like 6 a.m. to like 3 p.m., I was doing the morning show in gotchas. But from 3 to like whenever I sleep, I was like, hey, what can I do for my next video and stuff like that? I was really into it. So if you really want an end goal, it will happen. It's just how you get there and what you do to get there. I always believe in that. For me, it's so funny. For some reason, every time I had an angle and I told myself that one day I'm going to build a studio, I built it. Damn. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know whether... I, back then, like two years ago, I was like, oh, am I going to build a studio? I built it. I don't know how. But for some reason, I did. So, so, so I guess imagination and imagination is important into manifesting your, your dreams and all that. Of stuff. course. Yeah. Of course. I mean, everybody can have a dream. I had a dream of starting a YouTube channel. I had a dream of, of, of running a company. I had a dream of interviewing The Rock. My dream was interviewing The Rock. And you did it. I did it. Holy crap. I told, I told everyone, look, the day I interviewed The Rock is when I retire from interviewing people. All right. And I got a call. Hey, we got Fast and Furious. Do you want to go interview The Rock? I was like, cool. Can I do this with The Rock? We scripted everything, went there, and he did uh, he did uh, how to drive like a Malaysian. He did all the Malaysian slangs and stuff like that. And that thing just went big. And I'm like, you know what? My job is done. I'm happy. I can die happy now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's amazing. Wow. Damn, Genie Boy. Thank you so much, bro, for, for the gems that you just dropped, man. Dude, I, I, I won't call them gems. It's just like, look, it's just like one. It's just, it's coming from just one person, just me. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's just one point of view. I believe that everybody will kind of be able to kind of like, you know, get to where they're going when they get different points of views from different people because not everything I say is going to relate to you. It's, yeah, it's going to inspire you, yeah. But not everything that I do or whatever I tell you to do, it's going to be the right way for you to do it. Mm. So, you know, for me, it's like, again, when you're young, you need to absorb as much as you can from as many people and then apply it on your own because, hey, at the end of the day, it comes to a point where you need to trust your gut feeling yeah, there is no right and wrong, right? Creativity no. is subjective, I guess. I better, I, I better you fail rather than always like want to be right. I'd, ra I'd rather to fail. At least I know that I will never do this again. Damn. Yeah. Learn, learn as quick as possible. Make mistakes, right? Then yeah. It's okay to make mistakes, take man. Take risks. Take risks, right? Because only you know, only you will know that's a mistake. Mm. Like for me, is I make I make a video and it goes. I made a mistake there. My viewers don't know it, but I know it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Damn, okay. Genie boy, coffee or Milo? Hello, hello, kopi ke Milo? Uh, kopi ke Milo, I like coffee. Coffee, bro. We're making you coffee. This All is right. It. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Genie boy, one and only. Thank you, man. Thank you. You made me sound greater than I am, but I'm not. But you, thank you so much. You are inspiring, man. You you have um, changed the landscape of... Um, content creating for all of us and I'm excited to see where you go from here. Thank you, man. Hopefully one day we get a chance to like um, feature each other's content or something. Dude, we are already, we yeah. are already doing that right now. Yeah. So yeah. I, 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 for me, I only encourage you to be more. Cool. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Peace.